All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, wish I could be seeing you all here, but uh, we're trying to make this as real as possible, so multiples of us are coming up. Uh, but anyhow, uh, pastors prepared a message for us this morning, uh, so I hope you all have time to enjoy. Uh, remember to keep worshiping as a family. You know, if you have some time before and after this, uh, just spend some time really uh, in worship. Uh, knowing that this is part of our worship as well. Uh, hope you all enjoy this. Remember to keep checking us out on different uh, platforms here. We're going to be doing some more YouTube Live coming up uh, tonight after this message at 7 p.m. Um, and we're going to do our best to stay in contact with you guys. And uh, please reach out to us as well. Thanks, and we'll see you soon. All right, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus... We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for the word that's been prepared. We ask that you open our hearts to receive. Oh, let the wood, hay, and stubble of the world of our flesh just fall to the ground. But let the purity of your word go forth and accomplish the purpose that you sent it. We lift up all those that are here today and those that are watching that you would speak to their hearts. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Parties, uh, fantastic. I'm glad that uh, you're able to, to come together um, during all of this, uh, this stuff that's going on. Um, now, what is going on? I mean, it's, there's, there's no, it's no new news what, what is happening. I think we've been bombarded with, with everything. I was talking to uh, Dan this morning about how his week was. Uh, and uh, he says that uh, you cannot, where he works, you cannot get away from the, the corona scare and, and, and the, the effect of it. So, you know, it's real, and we're going to continue to, uh, uh, to deal with it as it being real. But what, what I want us to do is not uh, let it control our, our every thought and our every motive. Uh, or be the motive for our thoughts. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to continue on in um, our, our time of teaching that we, we do regularly, um, just on a different format right now. So uh, we, are, we are in the second week, um, going into the third week uh, of, uh, of this alteration to the way in which life uh, happens. Uh, but this is not only an alteration in the way in which life happens, it's an, altera an alteration in the way in which uh, we're trying to do ministry uh, to you. Um, so understand that um, whether we like it or not, and I think this is a big point, whether we like it or not, whether you like sitting in front of a TV or if you're holding your phone or um, your iPad or your tablet or whatever it, it, it may be, uh, whether you like it or not, this is what we have to do for right now. So let's just make the best of it. I mean, that, that's uh, one of the things that, that we keep uh, telling our kids. Like, yeah, we can't do everything we used to be able to do right now, but we just got to make the best of it. Um, because uh, if we don't, then we'll go crazy-er, right? Uh, Crazy-er. But uh, the, the time in which we're in right now, uh, I, I think is, um, it's, it's, it's unique for, for us. Uh, a lot of people keep saying, and I think we even talked about, I think it was Jake on, on the other night, uh, said that, you know, we, we've never led uh, a church through a, a pandemic, this crisis. And there's no one alive right now that has done that in the United States as well. So we're all in this, uh, this newness of, of, of how life is to be um, 
you know, how, how, how we're to go about our, our, our daily lives. But when we, when we look at, at what's going on and when we, we think about um, the, the time in which we're in, I, I think that, that, that it is times like this that helps us uh, under... And, and hear me when I say this, because I, I don't want to, to insult anybody's intelligence, nor do I want to minimize the, the impact of, of Scripture, but I think it's times like this that we can better understand what the Bible is saying and the lessons in which we can learn from Scripture. Because when we're talking about this pandemic and we're talking about um, these, these things that are happening in our, our lives, uh, what we're talking about is what I believe the Bible describes as trials and tribulations. Uh, the, the, these, these times of testing, that's another way in which we can uh, understand uh, what, what is going on. This, these trials and tribulations, this, this time of, of, of testing. Now, when, when we're facing these times of, of uh, tribulation, testing, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, I, I think too often what we do is, is we have a tendency to uh, want to respond, and I don't even want to say respond. I, I think we more, more or less we react towards something versus a, a proper response. Uh, our reaction is that I'm I'm all juiced up and jack and, and you know jacked up because of what's going on, and I'm going to get on Facebook and I'm going to just rant. Or I'm going to get on Facebook and I'm going to post things that you know I normally wouldn't. Well, maybe some people post a lot of crazy things anyways. But uh, I'm just going to get on there. And I, or, or maybe you don't get on there to, to rant. Maybe you get on there because uh, you, you really don't know how to deal with the situation. You really don't know how um, the, 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 what, or what the proper response is. So you're going to go in there and you're going to say, like, I wonder how so-and-so. I wonder how Susie's responding to, to all of this. When at the end of the day... Um, Facebook should not be our source of truth for response. What we need to understand is the Bible talks about situations much like what we're in currently. And what we need to understand also is that if we're going to respond in a way in which is honoring to God, we need to hear what God says about that situation. That's why last week we started this kind of a mini-series um, we abruptly kind of ended the, the series in which we were in going over the doctrines. And we'll, we'll pick that up at some uh, later time. But um, we, we kind of we abruptly ended that because I think that it was, it's important to, to see the, the, um, what, how we're supposed to, to react, how, or how we're supposed to respond, how we're supposed to live our everyday life uh, with this uncertainty. Last week I, I, I talked about um, honoring Christ amidst uh, uncertainty. This week, what I want to talk about is, is uh, faith amidst uncertainty. Because when we're, we are looking at the, the things, the situations in which we're in, even to this day, I mean, even to this day, we, we were talking, Kurt and I were talking um, just the other day about, uh, like, when is this going to end? And I think that that's something that everybody has, has had that, uh, that same conversation. When is this going to, going to end? When are we going to have the bands lifted? And uh, when are we going to be able to, to, to meet again and, and resor- resume normal life? Well, one, I just don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but life is not going to go back to normal after this. And that's okay. It really is okay. But life is not going to go back to normal. But when are we going to be able to, to, to go and interact with people more and, and these bands are going to be lifted? We don't know yet. So with that, that doesn't bode well with you know, 21st century Americans that have been told their whole lives that you can be whatever you want to be and you can do whatever you want to do and you can go wherever you want to go and you know, I can go on and on. It doesn't bode well with us. 
So that's where, where, where people are, are amidst this, this uncertainty, and this uncertainty is really driving a lot of people crazy. So I, I think that when, in, in these times, what we need to do is we need to take a step back, and we need to look what, what the, the Bible says uh, about things like this. And I think that uh, the, the uh, Apostle Peter does a, a, an eloquent job of talking about these times uh, similar to what, what, we're, what we're in right now. And in talking about how we are to respond and, and talking about um, just the way of life in which it's, it should be or it's going to be during all of that time. So if you have a Bible, and, and I hope you do, and, and uh, if you flip to it on your phone, you rustle the, 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 the pages, whatever it may be, uh, I, I like turning pages, uh, not against people on their phones, Unless you're one of those that, uh, kind of like my son this morning, he said, comes up to, to, to me and says, Hey, Dad, can I get my, my, my phone? He doesn't have a, like, his phone's not uh, hooked up to, uh, like, cellular service. It's just, he usually basically has, like, an iPod. But, and uh, he doesn't get to keep his phone. His phone's in, 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 in Shannon and I's room, uh, just because it's a good, it's a good practice. But uh, he comes up to me and says, hey, Dad, can I, can I get my phone? I want to do my, de- my, my devotions. Well, yeah, absolutely. Who am I, why would I say, son, no, you can't have your phone to, to do your devotions. But what does an 11-year-old boy do when he gets his phone after he, uh, I'm doing my devotions. That, that's not a devotion, dude. Well, I did my devotions and I was done and I'm going to play this game. No, you, you, you asked to, to do the devotion, and uh, now you're, you're abusing the, what it is that uh, you, know, you asked for. Anyway, so why did I say that? I don't know. I just kind of got off track there. I, just, I guess I wanted to throw Gabe under the bus. But during trials, uh, and I think that as we look here at First Peter, as we're turning here, as we're flipping there. Oh, that's where I was going with that. As we're, uh, uh, I, I like to, to, to have a time when we are, are, are physically, we have a Bible just because uh, too often we can do the Gabe where we are, maybe he was doing, and I think he was, he was, he was doing his, his, his devotion, but what, what happened was a, 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 what do they call it, a notification. A notification popped up for a game and he clicked on it and it's easy to get distracted. Um, I don't know where he gets the distraction from. I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to say. Because uh, his mother and I never get distracted at, at all, e- even in the middle of a, you know, a sermon. Um, but anyhow, when we turn, when we read, when we, when we look to God's Word, what we need to do is uh, not, not just approach God's Word as, I'm going to get an answer to something. Well, we do get answers to something. But what we have to understand is that this is God speaking to us. What He is doing is He's speaking into our situation. What the Apostle Peter here is doing, he's writing to uh, these, these churches that have been dispersed. He even says there in the beginning, uh, to, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion. And he names off a whole bunch of different uh, places that they are dispersed all over uh, the, the northern part of Asia Minor. And what he is uh, going to write to them is like, how do you deal with the time and the situation in which you're in? And, and when we read this, I think that this, this speaks to our time, our situation as, as well. Not, not, not that Peter was writing to us right now, but we can look into the, the, the text in which, which God has given us and we can draw from that what do we need to do with our lives? So, with that, I want to look at verses uh, 3 through 7. So, First Peter 1, verses uh, 3 through 7. And, and as we read through this, uh, what I want us to do is I want us to have one big idea. 
The big idea for, for th- this whole uh, message today is that genuine faith sustains us through the trials of life. Now, I'm not going to, and you notice that I said genuine faith because I think too often that we, we uh, talk to people, they say, Oh, I have faith. Well, I, I, don't, want, I don't want anybody to, to think that I'm questioning anybody's faith. <clears throat> because at the end of the day, I'm not questioning anything. I'm just going to read what God says here. But uh, what I want us to understand is there's a difference between having faith and, the, and, and having genuine faith. I'll explain it here a little bit more in, in a second. But, but the genuineness of our faith is, is utterly important because it is the genuineness of, of our faith that's going to sustain us in times in which we're in, like, to, like the, the situation today or this this whole uh, corona scare and everything. So with uh, no further ado, let's jump in. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm just going to read this whole section here. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that, the, so here's, here's, here's like our, our main point here, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I, I read that whole thing, and I, and I, I throw this big idea out to you that, that the, the, uh, our, our genuine faith sustains us through these times, uh, or the, the trials of life, the times in which we're in. And when we read this, we jump in and we see that the Apostle Peter here, he starts us off saying, you know, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's not just like a, 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 you know, a monologue, monotone statement. That's an emphatic statement. So he's, he's trying to get the, the people to understand that he just said that they're elect exiles and, and that, that, that God knew that they were going to go into um, what it is that they're having to deal with, but God's going to use that for their sanctification. That's everything we talked about last week, that God's going to use that. And then he, he takes a step back and he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say the, the, some very important words here. Not that that wasn't important at all. According to his great mercy... He has caused us to be born again to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, he says, according to his great mercy. Now, I think that it's important that anytime we get into a situation in our life, especially something like this, that we don't lash out and say, you know what, well, God, where are you at? Why are you doing or why are you not doing anything? Well, the fact of the matter is that God, God doesn't have to do anything at all. God does not have to, and this is, a, this is a crazy thing that people don't, that people really don't, they don't like. They don't like the fact that, they, that, that God doesn't have to save anyone. God would be just to send everyone to hell. That's, that's not pop, popular. People, people don't like that. But a righteous, just God, he, he could do that and everything, the, 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 every, everything, or his nature wouldn't change at all. 
well, well, I thought he was loving. Yeah, but with love, there's, there's justice and there's righteous. There's righteousness involved in that. So why do I, why do I say that? Well, when, when Peter is talking to these people that are in, in these tests of life, and these trials and these tribulations, he reminds them that it's according to God's mercy. What is God's mercy? God's mercy is we're, we're not getting what it is that we deserve. So when it says according to God's mercy, there's something else that, that, that is attached here because God didn't have to do it. God's not obligated to, to save anyone, but it says According to His mercy, He caused us to be born again. Now, we're, we're not going to you know, get into predestination and election. And some people love that, that talk. I, I, I fully believe that, 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 that God knows everything and He is in control and He's sovereign over, over all. I, I fully believe that, 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 that um, He elects people uh, to be saved. I, I fully believe that. But what we have to understand is don't go around thinking, oh, is he elect? Is she elect? Is she not elect? Here, here's the deal. That's not up to us. Well, we have to understand that it is the cause of God that, that we can even, um, even have that conversation. It's this cause when it says here, he has caused us to be born again. The, those who are elect are going to be born again. They're going to be born from above. When we, when we think about this, this whole thought of, of God and his mercy doing something that we did not deserve, he... he, he he took. This is where the, the, it is beautiful. I, I believe this is where it's beautiful to understand that the, the Christian faith is not something that man made up. Because man would never have thought of this. Man would have never have thought of, 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 of a holy, righteous um, uh, um, a God that, that is just a, a, above all, taking and, and doing something like what God has done here. And he's, we're going to see. And obviously, I think you all know by now that. He sent His Son to pay the penalty in which we need to pay. But what we have to understand here is when it, it, when it says here that God caused this all to happen. I, and if you're just, you know, some people might just be tuning in right now and they're like, wait a second, God caused the coronavirus? I'm not talking about that. Let's take this into, into context here, what is being said. God caused us to be born again. When we, and why do I love that so much? Why is it that, that, that I gravitate so deeply to that? It's because I, on my own, could not make myself be born again. I don't know if anybody thinks that they could, that they, they had just enough good works, just enough good deeds, just, you know, I can, I can tip the scales just enough where God's going to be like, I want him on my team, or I want her on my team. No, it's because God caused us be born again. That's the only way in which we, that, that can happen. Now it goes on here to say, and, and don't, get, don't get too um, uh, tripped up on, on, on this because uh, some people will be like, well, then why do I do anything at all? If God, if God caused it to happen, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. No, we still have responsibility. God, God uh, gives us the, 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 this responsibility of responding to Him. And I think that that's what, what, what uh, Peter is really talking here. He says, uh, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. I, I love this. It's we're born again to something. Too often people think we're born again from something. Like we're, we're saved from burning in hell. Well, that is, yes, that, that, that is a, a, a result of being born again. But that's not why we're born again. We're born again so that we, we are going to, as we're going to see here, we're, going to be, we're born again so that we can be uh, uh, partakers of the inheritance of, uh, that, that, that Christ has been given from the Father. 
We're going to be co-heirs in this inheritance. So when it says he has, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This living hope, I, I, I love this because um, again, too often we, we, we minimize the, 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 what's that word I want? Efficacy of all of this. Because we, we minimize, yeah, I'm, I'm born again I'm to this, you know, to, I'm, I'm, I love Jesus and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what Jesus wants me. I'm going to live for Jesus. Okay, born again to a living hope, not a dead religion. If, if everybody was here with me, you know, right now, I would, I would ask that question. Like, how many people do you know that are quote unquote born again, but their, their, their lives just don't show it? They have this dead religion. If they have a dead religion, or if they have a fearful existence, what they need to do is they need to be redirected back to this passage that says, we're born again to a living hope. A living hope that, a hope that transcends the coronavirus. A hope that transcends any, even financial hardship or anything that we're dealing with right now because of all of this. And this living hope is through the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ from the dead. I love that, that, that uh, Peter uh, throws this in here. Because he, he, it's kind of like this build-up. According to His great mercy, that, that He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection. You know, it's like, if, if it comes to the, the, the point where Christ isn't um, at the pinnacle of the emphasis, we, we, have, a, we have a problem. Well, what, what do I mean? Peter here is not saying uh, just if you just trust enough and if you just hope enough and, and you can you can believe just believe in God, just believe in God and you're okay. It's not belief in God that's going to save you. It's faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ that's going to save you. And if we if we forget that amidst all of this, what we what we have a tendency of doing, we get we will get uh, as Dan was saying, like with all the people around him, that we will get just bombarded. We'll just get weighed down because we're we're focusing on the current situation. But what we need to do is we need to focus on the truth that it's because of the resurrection of Christ that we have hope. Christ overcame the dead. What's, and I don't want to be morbid here, but I think it's important. What's the worst thing that can happen to us with this coronavirus? It's death, right? Death can happen to, to, to some. But it says here that, 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 that our hope is in the resurrection of Christ. The Bible tells us that because Christ has been raised, we also, if we put our trust in Him, we will be raised with Him. Now, I don't say that to, to minimize anybody's pain or suffering that they have. Maybe they've lost a loved one because of this. That's not the intention. My intention is to, to draw your eyes to the truth. Draw your eyes to what, what is being uh, the, the, the living hope that is being communicated here to us. Because if we don't, if we don't, then we're just going to kind of go about things and we're just going to have that poor, pitiful me. We're going to live in fear and that's how our life is going to exist. And that's not the life in which God had, has intended for us. Let's go on, because if not, we'll be here until uh, Christmas. Hopefully we're not quarantined or banned until then. Verse 4, it says that, uh, so he, this living hope is, is uh, because of the resurrection of Christ. It says, verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. 
This hope in which we have, I, I just alluded to it a little bit you know, a few minutes ago, but this is the, inherit, the inheritance that, that has given, been given to the Son by the Father, which we are going to be partakers of. Which we are going to be partakers of. Well, what do you mean that we're going to be partakers of it? We are going to experience and be able to enjoy the inheritance just as Christ is going to enjoy the inheritance. We are going to be co-heirs with Christ in this inheritance. Where do I get that from? Uh, Romans chapter seven. I'm sorry. Romans chapter eight, verse seventeen says, "And if children, then talking about us, we've been adopted into the family, then heirs." Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. We are going to be co-heirs, fellow heirs with Christ. We are going to be able to be, we're going to be partakers of this inheritance. Again, why do I, why do I tell you? This is the hope in which we have. No matter how bad it gets here, we have a hope that is waiting for us. I don't care how good of people, they say, well, my, my life's great. I, you know, this is just like heaven on earth. No, 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 no. Do not ever fall into the trap thinking that heaven was ever intended to be now. Ne- ne- never. Never intended to be now. The heaven in which the, this inheritance is a time in which it was going to come. So, so it's, just, just think about it. Maybe you're, you're one that's saying, man, my life's pretty good. Fantastic. I don't think that everybody should go out and try to be a martyr. But don't fall into the trap of Satan and saying, yep, see, this is, good. This is great. This is as good as it's going to get. You know, God wants you to have all this. No, 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 here. No, God wants you to be with Him. And what He wants you also to do is not to get so attached to this that your eyes aren't on the prize that awaits you. It's one, another one of my you know, favorites of, of the Apostle Paul when he talks about that all this stuff I, 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 I consider rubbish everything around me. I, I have all this stuff and I've done all this stuff and I've got this pedigree that, that, that surpasses everyone else. But at the end of the day, you know what? It doesn't matter at all because my eyes are on Him. My eyes are on the prize. My eyes are on Christ. And I think that as, as Peter is also talking here to these churches that are, uh, are, are gathering through YouTube on Sunday, you know, these churches that they, they can't go outside of their, their, their homes right now, that they're in little pockets here and there, he, he's talking, hey, keep Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on the hope of the resurrection of Christ. Yeah, it might be really bad. Some are going to say, yeah, this is really good, especially you introverts out there. You're like, uh, yeah, Dan's raising his hand already. Um, uh, and and f- for you, everybody, to think, we, we have social distancing. Everybody's spread out probably 16 feet, not just six. Um, but what we have to understand is through, through this time is uh, that we have to keep our eyes on Christ and, and understand that this is, even if it, it is good, you're like, oh, this, everything is good. It could be so much better. God has so much more in store for us. So what, what, what Peter is doing here is he's taking the, this moment to, to, it's almost as if he's you know, getting his, his, his arms out and just gathering everybody together and saying, okay, look, look. I don't know if anybody, I'm sure you have, if you have kids, at one point or another you're talking to, you, to, to your kid and you're trying to, I don't know, there's a bald eagle or something over you know, on the tree and you're saying, hey, look at the bald eagle. And you're like, oh, I don't see it. And you grab their head. Anybody, you, you grab their head and you physically like turn it like right there and they're like, I still don't see it. No, 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 right there. And they're like, oh, I see it. 
I, that's what I'm, I'm picturing Peter doing here is he's grabbing the, the heads of these people that are in these trials and he's saying, hey, hey, look to Christ. Look to the hope in which we have. Because if we don't look to the hope in which we have, we're going to be overcome with all of this, the, the, this chaos and this, the, this craziness. When he's talking about this inheritance, I, I like there in verse 4 when he's talking here, he, he gives like three um, descriptive uh, words here about this inheritance in which we, we, which we have, uh, this hope in which we have. The three words here he uses, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Now, when, when, when we look at that, we, we don't use those words a lot, but I think we know what they mean. When he is describing this, um, this inheritance, this, this word of imperishable, he says very clearly, like, it's permanent. What does that mean, permanent? Well, it means it's going to last forever. Forever and ever and ever. Well, what do you mean? It's gonna, like, there's, no end, there's no end to the inheritance that awaits us. It, not only is there no end, it, you're not going to exhaust it. And I think that's where the unfading part comes in there. It's never going to lose quality or never going to lose beauty. Some people think that, oh man, I don't know if I want to go to heaven just because I'm going to be a fat little chubby baby on a cloud floating around forever. That doesn't sound like heaven to me. That's not heaven. That's Hollywood. And it's wrong. What we are going to do for eternity is we are going to be in the presence of our Savior and we're going to be learning more about who God is and He's going to have, he's going to have tasks for us to do and jobs for us to do. He might even have, for some of you type A people, a list of things. There might be you know, spreadsheets, Excel in, in heaven. I look at it this way, I mean, and think about the good things that we have here on earth. Why would God not have those good things in heaven? Just, just man, think about your Excel, Dan. You know, think about your Excel like on steroids. Think about Excel like you know how to use everything, and it's like, oh, you're like spreadsheeting all of the angels. Like, okay, Gabriel, go get, go get Michael, and go get the rest of the guys and and and, and or gals or however, because they're not boys and girls. They're you know they're they're I don't know what they are in heaven. They they don't have a sex in heaven. But go get the, the gang here. I'm gonna put uh, and now now line them up by by size and everything, and let's let's uh, label maker right. You'll have a label, man. We'll see angels in heaven walking around like this. I'm like, what's wrong? And they'll look up and they got a label across their head. Dan got you. Anyhow, that would, uh, we would have erupted in laughter at, at that point. But anyhow, this, this unfading, that's where we're at, this unfading quality of, of the inheritance, it never loses, it never loses its quality, it never loses its beauty. Why does it never lose its beauty? Because we're with Jesus. But it also says here that it's undefiled. It's free from stain or blemish. Just, just picture with me for a moment, or try to picture with me, uh, an existence that sin is not present. That would be a place where there's no coronavirus, right? There would, or, or whatever it would be. That's what, what, what our inheritance is going to, to look like. So when he's, when he's talking to the, this church or these churches and he's saying, keep your eyes on the hope of which we have, the hope that is in uh, because of the, the resurrection of Christ, this, it's to this inheritance that awaits us. He's saying that it is free from all of this garbage that's going around right now. We have a hope. Because, and it's not just pie in the sky dreams. No, this is a promise in which, in which we've been given. 
That our eyes are, are to be set on, on this because it's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. I love that part, and I won't you know, go too, too much on that, but I love it because if it's kept in heaven and it's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, if it's kept in heaven, that means I can't screw it up. Right? There's nothing I'm going to do to screw this all up. But what that also tells me is that it already exists. I'm just not, not yet there. I won't go into you know, the, 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 you know, the eschatology of the already, not yet, but what we have to understand is that God's already prepared this. And as He's already prepared this, what He's doing is He's preparing us for that. Now when He says, when, when I say He's preparing us, it even says there, it's kept in heaven for you. Remember, back in, in verse 3, it says that God caused this all to happen. But in the causation of what God did, in this, this, um, of, of the, the, the action in which God did, He caused it with us in mind. That's what this inheritance is, is for. It's for us to be uh, co-heirs with Christ, to be in the presence of God. In Revelation, it talks about that, um, it, referring even back to the Old Testament, but um, the, when the new heaven and the new earth, um, or, 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 or when it says when the new heaven and new earth appear, that God's going to be um, with His people. He's going to dwell with His people. That's what God intended for us in the first place. That's why God created Adam and Eve, is to dwell with them. God's just getting us back to the garden. The, the garden is going to be, in the end, is going to be a city, but it's going to be a beautiful inheritance. Let's go on. Uh, verse 5. It says, who by God's power... This, this is the connection from verse 4. It says that it, it's kept for you. And now the you transfers over into this sentence. You, who by God's power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Again, the you, the you here, born again believers that, that, that Peter is talking uh, about and talking to here. But it's by God's power that we're being guarded through faith. So, why is faith so important? This is where I really wanted to get to. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time because I think the, my intro kind of took up a whole bunch of it. But why is our faith, why is your faith so important? Your faith is what guards you during times such as these. What do you mean it guards, guards me? Well, look what it says. You who, by God's power, pause for a second. Here's a word study in a term study in which you can, uh, you can dive into. Because the Bible says that God's power is the gospel. The truth of, 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 of who God is and what He has done. So, by God's power are being guarded through faith. We're being guarded during these times for the salvation that God is ready to be, it is ready to be revealed in the last times. Why is your faith so important? It guards us for that. It, our, our faith is not only, and I had this conversation with, with Kurt earlier this week, that our, our, our faith is not only, and I don't want to minimize this, so hear me when I say this, our faith is not only our trust in God. And our trust that, that, that He is who He says He is. That, that, that is great, and it should be part of it. But too often what we do is we, we, we miss the importance of this other um, uh, facet. If, we look, if we're looking at faith as it has multifacets, this other facet to uh, faith that uh, involves our allegiance. 
So it's not just trusting God. It is we have, we have, we have sworn our allegiance to God. So that I'm saying, oh, I trust Him. And the example I use with Kurt this week is like, I, I, trust, I, I trust Kurt. So if Kurt says something, okay, I trust you. I trust that to be true. But my allegiance to him would be the, the action portion of that trust. Not only do I trust you, but because I, I, I have allegiance to, to you, I'm going to act upon that trust in which I have for you. I think that you know, that's on a, a, a much... I know that, that, that Kurt's a great guy and everything, but he's not God. So, uh, but we, what we have to understand is that that... that uh, when we, we, our faith in God is not only just trusting Him, but it's acting upon that trust. So w- w- why is that important here? Because if we look, by, it says, who by God's power being guarded through faith, it's our acting upon the faith in which we have is which guards us through these times. What, what does that mean? It does not, I'll tell you what it does not mean. It does not mean that we sit back and just say, oh, I have faith that God's going to just do it all. Yes, I agree. I agree that, that, that we need to be still and you know, just let God do His thing. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am Lord. Yes, we are to be still, but He also says we are to ready ourselves for action. So, so what we need to do is like in times like this, and I think that we, we even talked about it in our, our, um, our, our YouTube live the other night, that it's, we have to be actively engaging in what it is that we say that we believe. So when, when, when we're talking about faith here, and understanding that it's a faith that guards us through these, these, these troubling times, it's not just saying, oh, God's got this. Yes, God's got this, but He's got you here to do something. What is that something right now? I don't know. I don't have a list for you. I know some people want, I just want to give me, just tell me what to do. I don't know what that might be. But what we have to do is we have to be, be pressing into and, and understanding that is our action that is involved with the faith in which we have. I think, it, 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 oh, I know, that it, James says that, that faith without works is dead. I, I think that that's also part of this, like there, that we can't just say, yeah, I believe something, yeah, I trust something, and oh, I'm committing my life to, to, to Christ, but then we don't do anything. I think that this here is a, a, a time where, where, where um, Peter is saying, hey, get stirred up. Get stirred up for action. Get stirred up because your faith is not something you just sit on. It's something that you stand upon and you act upon. Let me go on, keep on going here, and, and answer the question, so what? So, so what? Why, why is he saying this? all of this stuff? And why is he encouraging this church? And why is he bringing up the importance of, of faith? Well, I think that we see this um, in verse 6. Verse 6 and 7 here. Verse 6, it says, in this, in what? In everything we just said, in the living hope in which we have, in the inheritance that that waits for us, in this faith that is something that is not just passive, but it's active. He says, in this you rejoice. Wait a second, he's he's writing to these churches that that, that are dispersed throughout, and they don't have, man, they don't have a whole lot. There's these trials and these tribulations, these testings that are happening. Well, he's saying that in this, in everything that he just explained to them, in this you rejoice. And I love this little statement. It says, though now for a little while, if necessary, I, the chuckle is my own. Because I, I think as he's writing this, he's like, yeah, you're to rejoice. But you know, I, I am aware of your situation. 
My loose translation is what it says. Because he, 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 is, he, is, he is writing this and he's saying, okay, yeah, you're going to rejoice, but for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. You, have, you are enduring tests in which you are, going to, are, are, are being placed on your life. Your lives are, are not normal. They're, they're different than what they, they, they used to be. So, so why does he say rejoice? Well, I, I think that, that again, he's drawing, he, he's grabbing the head of the kid and putting and focusing on, hey, focus on Christ. Yes, there's a lot going on around us, but focus on Christ. And what we need to do is we need to rejoice in Christ. Not saying that we don't, we don't look at and we're not aware of the situations around us. Absolutely, be aware of the situations that, that, that are around us. But focus on Christ as we're aware of these situations that are around us. If we focus on Christ during the situations that are around us, our perspective is going to be different. And we're going to be able to endure these times of trial, these times of testing, these various, these, what he says, these various trials you've been grieved in. Well, why would God let things like that happen? Why would God let bad things happen to good people? Well, one, there's no good people, just to let you know. You, 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 well, I'm a good person. We'll talk later about that. But, but understand, why would God let th- these things happen? Why is God letting these trials happen to His children? Why is God lo- allowing these testings to happen? And I think that's really the question. Why does God test us? Anybody ever thought that, that question, or is it just me? You know, I can't see you in, in TV land here, but have you ever thought, like, why, why does God test us? I think about um, when Abraham took Isaac up Mount Moriah, and uh, was was God testing Abraham to see for God to to, to see if Abraham was going to do it? No, God knew what was, what was going to happen. The testing when we're tested is not so God can see if we're going to do something or not. The testing is for us. It's a testing of our faith. Well, I thought you said that God doesn't need to see our faith. I'm not saying that. I don't. God knows what the problem is. Is we don't know. At the end of the day, I don't think anybody, not anybody, I shouldn't even say that, but I think most people don't have a grasp on the faith in which they have and the extent of that faith. I can remember when I was in boot camp and the physical, uh, the, the, the physical limitations in which they pushed you to. And, and I always thought, man, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. But they would push you so far that you would break through those physical limitations and understand you could do a, a whole heck of a lot more. Your body can do way more than you think it can do. And I think that that's with our faith. So, so often we're like, I can't do that, it's there. But we need to be pushed through. We need to be tested beyond our limits. Why? So we can see the genuineness of our faith. So we can see the strength of our faith. So we can see God be glorified in our faith. Verse 7. <clears throat> this, kind of, this will wrap it all up here. In verse 7. So that, so remember, remember verse 6 was in, in this you rejoice, that, that, but you're going to have trials for a little bit. So that, so you're going to have trials. Why are you going to have trials? So that the testing or the tested genuineness of your faith. And if you're, if you're reading out of the ESV, it's got a little hyphen right there. Um, it's it's going to give a little, it's kind of like a parenthetical statement that's slammed in between here. But it says, so that the testing or the, the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I'm not, I don't want to take words out of the Bible and say they're not important. They are. But if you read this, 
so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Why would God test us? To prove that our faith is real. Not to himself, but to, our, to us. What we have to understand is, is when he's saying here that, that, that this, this testing, there, there's, there's a genuineness of your faith that, that needs to be tested. And when it is tested, there, are, there is an outcome. Or as he says here, a result of that genuineness of our faith. Because I think a lot of people, what they do is like, I, I just don't know. Okay, here, let's just be very simple and let's take God at His Word and let's just read the words that are here and, and just understand this clear, this clear uh, 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 passage. Let's not look deep into it. Let's not try to just pick it all apart, but let's just read it for what it is that, so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in. So the testing of your faith may be found and to result in. Right? So it's, okay, this is the test. Okay, what is passing the test? I guess you could say it that way. What is passing the test here? It is the resulting in, what does it say there? Praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The testing, testing of our faith, the, the, the outcome of a tested faith is that it's praise to God, it's glory to God, it's honor to God. What we have to understand is the outcome of our faith is not to be directed towards us as if we are going to be the recipients of it. No, it's to reveal our faith. We're not the recipients of our faith. It is to reveal our faith and what the genuineness is in it or of it towards God. Our faith is directed and should be directed towards God because it's in God. Too many people say, well, i got faith in myself. It's not about... If you have faith in yourself, you're a terrible God. So you're going to let yourself down. No, the tested genuineness of our faith should result in praise and glory and honor to God. So if we're asking ourselves, how how am I doing in my faith? Is your faith in the activeness? Remember, it's not just trust, it's allegiance too. Is your faith showing and manifesting praise to God? Is it manifesting glory to God? Is it manifesting honor to God? I think the honor is the big one because if we look at like, is my life honoring God? If I want my life to honor God, I have to be true and genuine in my faith. If I'm not true and genuine in my faith, how am I going to honor God? And that's what Peter's saying to this bunch of people that are dispersed here. He's saying, hey, I know it's crappy. Things are going crazy. I, 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 I get it. But even amidst all of these trials, these tests, what we have to understand is God still has a plan. He still has purpose for our life. And, and that plan and that purpose is coming together. And, and, and it's, it's working in, in you and it's working in us to, to see, our, is our faith genuine? Can we withstand a, a, a period of time of like we're doing here, social distancing and separated from one another? Can we withstand this and, and show our faith so that when we are, are, are seen and when we come, even come together, that we can, the, 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 the glory and the praise, the praise, the glory, and the honor of God is to be seen or can be shown? Is our faith that strong to withstand this trial? I think that that's what, what, what Peter's saying here, and I think that's the word in which we can have for us today. Is our faith going to overcome the trials in which we are or we're, we're currently dealing with in our life? 
and the trials that will come. Not that the trials are not real. Very real. Very, 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 very real. But what we have to understand is our faith is, is, is there so we can overcome all of those trials. Our faith is there so that we can praise God, glorify God. That we can have the right perspective and we can see Him amidst everything that's going on. My, my prayer is just, just that. I know that we talked about a lot of things and we went through a lot of, you know, I don't know, we probably went longer than normal, I don't know. But I think in a time like this, if we don't stay focused on Christ and what He has done, that we're going we're gonna to spin out of control and we're going to, we're going to live in fear and we're, going to, we're not going to live by what is it, 2 Timothy 1 where it says that God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and self-control. We're going to be out of control. Because what we have to understand is our focus has to be on Christ. And Peter's saying, focus, 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 son. I'm thinking of Gabe. I've, I've, I've grabbed that boy by the, the, the face many a times. Most of the time I'm like, here, focus, look, listen to me. I don't want you to look at anything else going around. Just listen to me for a moment. What I'm going to tell you is, is, is something that is so very important that you need to make eye contact with me. Listen to me, son. Listen. And I think that's what Peter, Peter's doing. It's like, listen. All right. Now, as you, what, what we need to keep focus on is Christ is, still, Christ is still sitting on the throne. He still has already conquered death. There's an inheritance waiting for us. We have hope no matter how bad it gets, son. We have hope. And don't let everything that's going on around you, don't let all that distract you from what your attention needs to be on. That's my prayer. That, that as, as Peter was telling that to them, that, that, that's, that's all us. Let's, let's, let's stay focused. If, if nothing else, let's just take a moment to, 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 to just stop and just, let's, just focus on who Christ is. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for who you are and what you're doing and what you will do. Uh, God, we know that amidst all of this stuff that's going on, that God, you have a plan. Uh, God, we may not understand it, and maybe we don't even like it. But God, through this all, all of this, I, I just pray that we can have this, this clear mind and this clear thought and this clear perspective of, of, of your finished work. Knowing that you caused the whole, uh, all of us to, to, if we put our trust in you, that you've caused that to happen. God, it's my prayer as, as Peter was, was writing to these churches that we just you know, grab hold of the face and just say, let's focus. Let's focus on the living hope in which we had amidst everything that's going on. Let's focus on who Christ is and what he has done. And let's focus on how, how much God loves us to do all of this. So, God, amidst all of this, I, I pray that as people are uh, dealing with, with tests in their lives and trials in their lives. That God, that, that they can just they can hold on to the, the living hope in which you have given us. And God, I know you're, you're, you're true to your, your word. You, your, your promise never fails. So God, let us cling to that during these times. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.